essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hey wrestling fans, welcome to this week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, episode number 80. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario. I'd like to thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other 12 outlets that you can get your podcast from. This week's edition of the show is going to be divided into two, because we were guests at Midwestern Wrestling in Listowel, Ontario. We did a road trip and did our predictions and talking about the first show and running down the card. We also did our predictions for AEW Full Gear, which was happening on Saturday night as well. Throughout the evening, we also did some Facebook Live cut-ins before the show, during the intermission, and after the show. So you definitely want to check out our Scumbags Wrestling page to see those videos. We wrapped up our evening with a ride home talking about what we had just seen and reviewing the whole card. So that's going to take up this week's first part of the episode. In our second part, we'll look at the Ontario wrestling calendar and everything that happened in NWA, AEW with Dynamite and Full Gear, plus WWE as they get off of Crown Jewel and move forward towards Survivor Series. So I'll be right back after these short messages. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. It's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, and located at 309 Exeter Road here in London. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. Yes, we are on the road to Listowel for the very first ever Midwestern Wrestling event happening tonight. Doors open at 6 o'clock. 
first bell at 7 o'clock. It's happening at Parkview Gardens in Listable. And we're going to run down the card. Also want to give a shout out for Doug. Invited me to be his guest for today. And we've got Chris Maloney from the Sharpshooter Podcast. we got Stephen O'Neill. And we got Daniel's back Daniel back Daniel. in the back as well. Daniel, are you still there? Yeah, he peeked his there head through. There we go. He poked his head through. So, hopefully you guys are watching. Either way, get on the road. Join us. you still got time until 6 o'clock. Tickets are going to be at the door. Somebody, no, okay. Anyways, let's run down the card for t this evening. And the first one is going to be the Muscle versus Ad Hutchinson. Seems to be a British version of the Muscle. What is your thoughts? Have you seen any of the promos that these two guys have done on the uh, Midwestern Facebook page? No, I am fairly new to Midwestern. I mean, along with everybody else. Everybody is. Yes, uh, but as far as some of the names that... Uh, you're gonna announce that aren't part of Smash Wrestling out there. Um, nope, they are new to me, so it's be first time experience. So I could say the muscle, but that's gonna be biased. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this other guy. Who's the, who's this other guy in this one? Ad Hutchinson. Ad Hutchinson from the UK. So I'm gonna go with the UK guy. So Ad Hutchinson there. Daniel, what's your thoughts? I'm going muscle. And Stephen? I'm going Ad Hutchinson. Just yeah. uh, we're gonna go some, with some British muscle. I'm gonna say yeah. Sean's gonna say muscle. I, I like the muscle. We're good friends. Yeah. Fucking animal crackers. Animal crackers. You gotta go with the animal crackers with uh, the muscle. But, I don't know, this... Let's split the car. Let's go with the muscle. I was uh, leaning towards Ad, but you never know. Maybe jet lag from Ad uh, Hutchinson coming over from the UK. Then we have a women's match. A lady that I'm not... I don't want to insult how her name is actually pronounced. I'll but say it, it looks Diva like with a Y. Divya. Divya or Diva with a Y. She recently was on, I'm guessing Smackdown. it was a dark match for SmackDown. No, oh, she was, it was the on actual uh, show. the um, Saudi Arabia delay. She was, she fought. Tamina? Yeah. Yeah. So Tamina and Divya, uh, why not? Um, so she's gotten some TV exposure. She's taking on. Local favorite, Violet Lee. So, guys, what we are you We got uh, Josh Armstrong watching right now, so be careful hey, Josh. Yeah. What are you thinking of Miss Violet Lee's chances to, uh, today? Is she picking up the uh, victory? Daniel, you're first. I'm going with Violet. You're going to go with Violet? Yeah. All right, Steve? I'm going, sorry, Violet, but with Divya. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce her name. And uh, I think go with Viola on this one, basically because of the fact of her somewhat announcement of, I guess, semi-retirement at this point. So I'm going to say any match that uh, she wrestles in from this point forward is uh, going to be a victory for her. So, Sean? Yeah, I'm going with Viola Lee as well. I have no clue about this girl that, yes, we just did mention she was on SmackDown, but she got destroyed by Tamina, pretty much, so... Yeah, we definitely know the work of uh, Violet Lee, and as you just mentioned, she is uh, winding down a bit of her uh, in-ring time just to uh, take some priorities with finishing off school, which is an awesome idea. I thought you were going to say fishing. No, finishing off school. Yeah, and, you know, she's done an amazing job raising family, doing this wrestling thing, working at a Tyson's factory, and going to school. It's year four got to get that diploma finished up smart move 
and we wish you the best and look forward to seeing you back in the ring again very soon. Kick ass. Then we have Psycho Mike Rollins, who you're saying uh, was on vacation somewhere. So he posted on Instagram that he was by himself on the beaches of Cancun, Mexico. So I don't know how long ago that was. I don't know if he's going to be back in time. Um, if he's not there, it means he's enjoying the suns and the coronas down there in Mexico. But in saying that, Tarek was posting he was just over in Las Vegas and he's going to be back for the show. So anything's possible. Psycho Mike could be in Cancun in his head. Very let's, true. Let's pretend like he's... Maybe the conscience is there. Yeah, he's not necessarily all with it. So let's just assume he's going to be there. He could be using his magic lamp to get him back. Maybe, there we go. But he's going against a gentleman named Karu. Uh, Steven has mentioned that he's seen him uh, in PWA in Kitchener area and also heard of him in PWA over in BC same organization basically so Steven you've seen him what do you think that's gonna happen between him and Psycho Mike I'm gonna go with Psycho Mike with probably the magic lamp somehow Carew uh, from what I remember it's a few years ago he's about the same height as Psycho Mike he uh, he's very much reminds me of the barbarian from the anyone who's a WWE or WWF Vintage would know the Barbarian. That's who he reminds me of. That kind of sort of a Native American uh, from Northern Canada. Yeah, he's very. I don't want to say the Berserker, but that type of off gimmick. Cool, Daniel. Your thoughts on Psycho Mike and Karu? I'm going Psycho Mike. Go with what we know. Uh, I go with Psycho Mike as well. Just a huge fan of the guy. Uh, although I might change my mind, you know, five seconds, ten seconds into this match. Uh, but for the time being, Psycho Mike. And just a public service announcement: we are in the back roads of uh, going towards Huron County right now. So I'm not shaky. It's these roads and Sean's bad driving. So yeah, there's no bad driving here. <laughs> Sean, who's your pick? I am going with Psycho Mike. We all know how talented Psycho Mike is. Uh, inside the ring and inside his mind uh, he's like all around a total package of uh, wrestling right now like he has the smarts he's created uh, so much creativity out of him along with the fact that he's great in ring so I gotta go with Psycho Mike how the hell did they do WWE ride along so friggin still as far as they have it mounted on the dashboard and uh, they probably use a Garmin yeah okay uh, so just to recap, we are on our way to Listable, Ontario for the first ever Midwestern Wrestling event happening today at Parkview Gardens. Doors open at 6 o'clock. First match at 7. Tickets are $20 at the door. There's limited tickets available. And they may or may not still be honoring the $50 for a pack of four for a family. But that's also potentially available. And it's Midwestern Wrestling's first event. Looking at the rest of the card. Hold on. If anybody knows that Pizza Delight still exists up there, let us know. Awesome. Pizza Delight. We might be stopping by. Hopefully we'll get a sponsor from you. Anyways, the Smash Wrestling Tag Team titles are actually going to be on the line. Now, if you saw some of the promos uh, just that came out with Revolt, Jordan James needs uh, to calm down on uh, the Red Bull, maybe get a Snickers. He really wasn't himself. But he's just pumped up to team with 
Alec Brown, The Revolt, Challenging, Halal Beefcake, Joe Coleman, and Idris Abraham for the tag team titles. It's interesting to see that the Smash Tag titles are on the line on a non-Smash card. Daniel, what's your pick for this one? Uh, Will we see new champions? I'm going to have to go with the Revolt. As new champions, new champions or winners? New yeah. champions. New champs. All right, Steven, what about you? I would love to see the Revolt win, but I'm going with Halal Beefcake. All right, Sean? Halal Beefcake has the experience, but if uh, Jordan James is hyped up as much as he was in that video, I can see some new tag team champions, and we might be doing uh, some special uh, interview stuff today at the uh, Parkview Gardens for the next edition of the production line. Cheap plug. So anyways, I was thinking to myself, hey, wouldn't it be cool to see Halal get bumped up to, say, the big times? <laughs> but then Sean was saying that there's another show coming up, maybe in St. Thomas soon. We could see a rematch for this championship. So November 23rd. So could we see transitional champions? So that is going to be my pick on this one. I'm going to go with Revolt. Uh, go with uh, Daniel and Steven. Did you say, who'd you say? I'm going with Halal Beefcake. Oh, okay, so you're on the opposite side. I would love to see the Revolt win, but I'm going with the experience. I'm going Halal Beefcake. All right, so I'm going to go Revolt, new champs, and then rematch set up for St. Thomas. So that's Which they're adding the pillars. Tarek and Brent Banks for and we'll get into that in just a little bit but that's their next uh, Smash Wrestling event in St. Thomas. Looking at the rest of this card I was part of the promo package there was a lot of birds it just, <laughs> I saw that but uh, I helped out with uh, Cal Boone's promo with uh, Josh Pine sending a message to Tarek as they're going against each other tonight Tarek's going to have a gentleman named Chris Kurtz. He's a local guy from uh, Listowel, possibly involved with the uh, nutrition uh, supplement place that's uh, a sponsor. Either way, we got Tarek, Mr. Punch Kick Chop, taking on the wave maker, Kyle Boone. Steve. Three words. Punch. Kick. Chop. <laughs> Done. Daniel. Uh, Eric. All right, so for anybody who knows anything about my, uh, I guess, fanness of Smash Wrestling knows there's only one other guy I like better than fucking Tarek, pardon my language, and that would be Kevin Bennett. But uh, anytime Tarek's involved, it's always going to be a Tarek win, unless it's Bennett and then it's a 50-50 toss-up. So Tarek for the win in this one. And I too, sorry Kyle, am going with Tarek. Just hopefully uh, your chest doesn't get as uh, beat up as Corey Stones did by uh, Tyson Dukes in Tilsonburg. Because Mr. Punch Kick Chop, he's going to live up to that name. And I don't know if uh, Josh Pine's going to be able to bring you back to life, lifeguard or not. And that brings us to our main event because I just mentioned Tyson Dukes. He's in a triple threat match with fellow pillar Sebastian Suave and. Von Vertigo. Should be a hard-hitting match between these three. Some high flying out of Vertigo. Will the pillars ground them? Will the pillars uh, end up battling each other? Who's picking up the victory in this triple threat match? Daniel. Uh, I'll go with Tyson. Tyson for the win. Steven? I'm so torn between Tyson and Sebastian. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but I think I'm going to have to go with Tyson 
I think it's going to be a pillar two on one, but I, uh, I have a feeling Tyson's going to pull out the win in the end. I think it's too much for Mr. Von Vertigo. So I'm going to go Sebastian in this one. The endorsement for the win, uh, no reason given. Just uh, I feel Seb's going to win this one. Sean? I am going with the endorsement as well. Uh, Anything could happen. Was that a thumbs up or was that an Orange that, Cassidy thing right there? Oh, well, that's a thumbs up. That's a real thumbs up, all right. The endorsement. Hopefully he has my t-shirt that I won on his uh, contest. I don't know. Got to talk to him. But regardless of that, I am picking the endorsement, Sebastian Swab. I see Tyson getting a little bit distracted. He's got his focus on wanting to get into the NWA and go after Nick Aldis. Is that uh, putting the cart before the... And, yeah, the cart before the horse, and Von Vertigo, you might be eating the pin, but I see uh, Sebastian pulling out the uh, victory. Maybe sneaking one by tossing uh, Tyson out of the ring. I think it's Tyson, going to be a two-on-one beatdown. Yeah, Tyson might do the work, but uh, Sebastian's going to pick up the victory. So that, once again, is MWW Midwestern Wrestling tonight, Listowel, Ontario. Get there. First match Starts at 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6. $20 a ticket. You can't beat that. And let's support independent wrestling, new organization, and hey, we know a lot of these guys that are on the card anyway. So hey, apparently they're feeding us, and uh, you can do the meet and greets after the show. Ooh, even better. Yeah, yes. they, they said they got munchies going on. So, Pizza Delight, please. Awesome. And just to mention some of the uh, sponsors uh, for this. Once again, thank you, Doug, for the invite. But uh, some of the sponsors of the event include Pizza Pizza, The Laundry Room, McLean's Ales, so there's going to be alcohol there. It's an all-ages event, licensed, so parents, you can drink while your kids have fun with the, the wrestlers. Sean's dd and I'm dd and <laughs> Healthy Computers, Dynafit, and Classic Rock 94.5. So Midwestern Wrestling, we're coming. We're going to be setting up our uh, a table, maybe back on uh, Facebook Live, doing some interviews. We'll see what all happens, but that's what's going on today. Shockstock 2020 is New Earth's biggest pop culture expo and film festival. The real end is near, as the outside world falls into chaos. Word of a sanctuary for mutants, freaks, goblins, and geeks spread throughout the land. Three days of thrills and chills. With screenings, panels, celebrities, workshops, interactive fun, vendors, all-nighter parties, and more. Stay tuned for guest announcements and more info. Hello. Do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Also today, if you're not attending uh, Midwestern Wrestling, 
you're probably just gonna try to find a way of getting together with friends or staying at home watching AEW full gear. Some people have some interesting concepts and uh, opinions of AEW, how they've done uh, presenting themselves over the last couple of weeks. They're only, what, five, six weeks into their uh, existence officially as with Dynamite. But, you know, they are boring. There we go. Wait, what, what's boring? Dynamite. Oh. Yeah. If you saw this week's Dynamite, really the only thing that stuck out was... In fact, Cody's impassioned speech in the middle of the ring, which I'm trying to remember who it was, but I heard somebody say that's Cody's uh, equivalent to his dad's speech of the common man that he had in the NWA. And Chris Jericho's spoof uh, video, amazing, you know. Soul you got Train Jones. Serving up some breadsticks from uh, Olive Garden. And also, don't forget the neighbor uh, of Chris Jericho's aunt from church. From church, church. yes. <laughs> so, classic video, awesome spoof, uh, everything that was done with that. However, as Stephen pointed out before we turned on the uh, video, kind of just there sort of thing. You got to get the talent to work more matches than just once a week. However, with that said, whether you're watching AEW on a weekly basis, they do have a pay-per-view tonight. And we're going to run down the card and give some predictions. First up, we got a women's match with B. Priestley taking on Britt Baker. They have a feud. Britt Baker was stopped by uh, winning the title at the last pay-per-view because of uh, Priestley. So they're going one-on-one. -on -one. What do you think? Just pick somebody if you don't have an opinion. I'm going Brett Baker. <coughs> you going Brett? I'm thinking it's going to be the whatever her the Mandel Claw submission hold is. Daniel, how about you? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So Brett Baker is actually Adam Cole's real life girlfriend. Baby. Yeah, baby. So Daniel's going to take a pass on that. Uh, Sean, opinion? Uh. Going to go with Brett Breaker as well. They want to still uh, put a rocket on her without giving her the title immediately. And uh, yeah, they're still going to build her up. So Brett Breaker for the victory. So correct me if I'm wrong there, Facebook world, but when you were talking about Britt Baker and who she's affiliated with, pretty sure that B. Priestley is affiliated with this uh, guy called the Ariel Assassin, otherwise known as Will Ospreay. So I'm going to go Will Ospreay side of this one. Uh, so be Priestley for the win, just to continue the feud and, and see what happens with that. Next up, we got Sean Spears, who's going to have uh, Tully Blanchard in his corner, going one-on-one -on -one against Joey Janela. Any idea, thoughts on how this match will unfold and who's going to pick up the victory? Well, as my icon, Jim Cornette would say, I would never go with Jelly. So by elimination, I'm going with Sean Spears. But... Dear God, I hope it's entertaining. It's Joey Janela. It's bound to be entertaining. No. Not at all. Joey Janela. call him Jelly for a reason. Daniel, you went to Super Showdown 6 last year in Toronto. Yeah. You remember Joey Janela? Uh, he fought Tarek in the main event for the championship. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so do you remember any, any good thoughts about him? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Because um, he's Jelly. 
<laughs> Apparently Janela's jelly, so the bad boy reference doesn't mean anything at all. Um, I think with Sean Spears, they got to do something with him. Um, he's, I mean, don't get me wrong, the gimmick's been great. You, know, you no longer see him as Ty Dillinger, but the fact is he doesn't have that main event vibe. He doesn't even have a mid-card vibe at this point. He comes out, wrestles the match, and goes home, and that's it. And it's like, what is this guy all about? And I think putting him against Janela tonight, you'll be able to see the real Sean Spears if there is any heart uh, you know, left in him. So uh, not a knock against him. I just don't like the way AEW is um, building his character right now. But I'd love to see him pick up the win just to reestablish his character. At least when he was Ty Dillinger, there was something entertaining. There is nothing entertaining right now about him, which is unfortunate because I want to be entertained by him. I don't understand Tully Blanchard with him. It's like Gavin Spears all over again. Yes. There's. I want to like him. I want to hate him. I, give me an option. He's got a good look. You know he's got this, this skill. He's got t- fucking Tully Blanchard with him. He's and, one of the Ontario Four Horsemen. And yet he's Which, being compared to Gavin Spears again. That's. I would love to want to watch that match. I would love to wa- want to watch Sean Spears. But after what I saw on Thursday, I could sleep through that. They need to get something out of him. I don't know if it's just not connecting with Tony Blanchard. It's clearly how they're using him. They've got to get something. So two of the four in this car agree. Sean, your thoughts? I am going to go with Sean Spears. They need to, as we just documented uh, with you guys, do something with him. I'm not getting the uh, connection either with uh, Tully Blanchard and uh, Sean. Uh, the initial hookup with them, I could see, but then they've kind of just let that die off. Joey Janela, I saw him with Smash Wrestling uh, with the Northern Tournament, and then as you pointed out, Super uh, Showdown. Not impressed, really. He's just generic wrestler B that likes using weapons and tacks. And getting a staple gun to the head. Yeah, the you guess know. there's this guy named Mick Foley. He kind of used to do the same thing. That he became world champion one day. But well, Mick Foley had talent. And, pers- and the personality. If I'm looking at Joey Janela, if he's just standing in the ring and keeping his mouth shut, I could be looking at the Brian Kendrick. Yeah, for that he matter. is called Jelly because of his body type. That is the nickname Jim Cornette gave him, and I love it. So I might be the only Joey Janela fan in this in this car yeah. right now. Maybe so. in the world, I think. Maybe. So I'm, I'm going with Sean Spears, of course. So that brings us to Hangman Page, the former number one contender for the uh, AEW Championship when it was him and Jericho to decide the first one, taking on Pac, who, as we know, was Neville in WWE. He is on quite the winning streak. There was kind of a little botch in his match with Trent this week on AEW, but we got these two going head-to-head finally that was supposed to happen almost a year ago. Thoughts on uh, who's going to pick up the victory? Guys, stop picking on the refs, by the way. If, if the, the ref wasn't one who made the mistake in the, the match this week. It was uh, probably Trent who probably got his, his bell rung, so to speak. If you're going to pick on any ref at all in the business in the entire world, his name's Jay Smith, okay? That's the only ref in the world that you're allowed to pick on. So leave the refs alone. I would agree with you on the, what you just said. The, that wasn't the ref's fault. However, listen to Jimmy Corderas every day with the ref and rant, Monday through Friday, and almost all his, his uh, recent rants have been about the poor officiating 
in AEW. Get your rules straight. Stop this, oh, you can be in there for a 10 count. Oh, I'm going to hop out of the ring and uh, yeah, be with you instead of giving you a 20 count outside the ring. I'm going to uh, let you do a tag while you're standing beside each other in the center of the ring and make that an official tag. Get your rules straight and you present yourself as the sports uh, side that you want to be and not this whole entertainment bullshit that you're presenting yourself as right now. There, there's Sean's ramp right there. <laughs> and if, if the ref made a mistake or Beretta was knocked out or injured, the ref should never stop counting. His shoulders are down, keep going. Exactly. Yeah. Even if it's not the end, I have heard Jimmy Cordea say, if the shoulders are down, you still count. The rest, that's the wrestler's problem. Meltzer and Alvarez made reference to the fact that unless it's a championship match, count the friggin' pin. So, yeah. um, but anyways, back to the match. Back to the match. So, my pick is Pac. The reason for it, I want to see a heel turn by Adam Page. I want to see him go against Cody and the Bucks and uh, uh, Kenny Omega. So, I think to keep uh, Page on a losing streak. And I know he won his previous match, but to keep him on a losing streak against Pac, I think would be phenomenal. So, Pac for the win in this one. I'm going outside the box, double disqualification, because it will break down, and it is going to have to get thrown out, because, oh wait, AEW doesn't throw anything out, my bad, I, I'm sorry, I forgot that they don't have rules, so I'm going Adam Page. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, it is a toss between the two, because, you know, Page needs the uh, victory, but if Pac continues this momentum, they... He already said that he should have been one of the contenders for the title, not Cody. And if they're going to uh, be true to their win-loss records meaning something, let's keep the momentum going with Pac, do some sort of losing story with uh, Hangman. It, it kind of writes itself going forward to create some drama between the two with winning records and losing records. But you are making sense. I know. So I know. AEW I, I hate, will go a I different way. Exactly. But I'm going with Hawk. Daniel, any uh, comment? Uh, I'm going to pass on this one. Okay. No worries. The women's uh, championship is on the line as Rio, a very good friend of uh, Kenny Omega, who was at London Comic Con this uh, past October with Kenny, is taking on her mentor, and that's Ami Sakura, one-on-one -on -one for the women's title. Picks, guys? I'm going with Kenny Omega's girlfriend, Riho. Daniel? Uh, Riho, I guess. Uh, I'm going to say Ami Sakura just for the fact that her theme music, for whatever stupid reason, is catchy. But uh, And she does a lot of uh, uh, Freddie Mercury cosplay. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's whatever reason I was watching AEW this week and I go and look and uh, I'm watching the match half wet and I go and look and the next thing I know I stop watching do the computer stuff and next to her theme music is just catchy so just to hear the theme music twice that night yep Emmy I'm going to go with Rio keeping the title she's tiny they're going to make her like the underdog uh, build her up and it'll be devastating when somebody awesome huge Kong. comes along and destroys her and takes the belt off her. Have they had an Awesome Kong Riho moment yet? Um, possibly in one of Maybe. the Double or Nothing or something like that. Size difference the, between the two um, of them. The Battle Royal? Yeah. 
I don't know. Potentially something like that, double or nothing, or all out. Um, so we have one for Sakura, three for uh, Rio to retain. Then it's the Young Bucks taking on former LAX members and now calling themselves Proud and Powerful. Your picks for this, Maloney? I love both teams, but am I excited about this match? No. Um, so, but because the inner circle aspect is there, uh, I'm going to go inner circle, so proud and powerful. Daniel? Uh, I'm going to pass on this one. Steven? I'm not excited at all. I think both teams have talent. It's like Randy Orton, John Cena. It's like you yeah. know the guys are talented, but are you excited about the match? No. I'm going to go proud and powerful the the inner circle guys yeah. ones with Jericho Sean I agree uh, and come on how many times does the boss or CEO or whatever they want to be called vice presidents of garbage recycling whatever uh, the young bucks have to get over yeah, garbage he, recycling just threw that out there it's kind it's of it's like they're they're they go the same thing. The Meltzer driver, the super, super kick party. Like, oh, you're coming out cosplay. I like them. I think they're talented. They're the new version of the Hardy Boys, but... No, let's not insult the Hardy Boys. Okay. No. But still, when the office is winning, look, we've seen that happen in WD, the office winning things and people have shit on it. We're going to crap on it again. Yeah, but so, who was Cody's father, though? Yeah, well, the coat, that's they, used a to, they used to have a term called Dusty Booking. Yeah, and that's false finishes, giving a title and then giving it back the next day. Which could happen, actually, uh, tonight. So is that the 2019 turn? It's called Garbage Recycling now, then? Yeah, who knows? Is that Dusty Booking is now Garbage Recycling? You never know. And you're going to see that trending on your uh, fucking page this week, i tell you that much. Okay, sounds good. But I'm going to uh, go with Proud and Powerful. Which then we have SCU, the Lucha Brothers, and Private Party facing off in a triple threat match for the AEW tag team titles. We saw that the finals of the tag team tournament was Lucha Brothers and SCU. Does Christopher Nail somehow return finally after that injury that the Lucha Brothers did to him? And Private Party, well, they got third place in the tournament, so here's a triple threat. Three teams. One set of tag titles. Who's taking them? Steven. Uh, I just want a medal. Like, clearly AEW gives medals to everyone. Um, but I'm going... I would think you keep the titles on SCU because you just gave them to them two weeks ago. But I could also see the Lucha Brothers winning it somehow screwing them but I'm going to go SCU because it makes no sense to change the titles already right. I'm going to agree with that one because if you want the titles to actually mean anything in AEW keep the titles on SCU otherwise they're going to become joke championships yeah don't hot potato anything unless for some reason there is going to be a breakdown with SCU and the fact that Scorpio Sky took Daniel's place 
but I think that's too early. They still have to keep that going. Slow burn things, guys. It is an obvious thing that's probably going to happen between the three. Slow burn it. Keep the belts on SCU. And then, I don't know which order we want to do this. Do you want to do the title match or the it doesn't exist match? <laughs> the non-sanctioned match? Do the non-sanctioned because okay. I guess the world title is entertaining. Okay, so the non-sanctioned match, which apparently they're going to turn out the lights, then turn them back on and go, oh, here, have a match. It's and they're going to bring out the uh, Bogwire wrapped uh, broom and baseball bats and everything else. All the toys are going to come out. But it's John Moxley finally going against Kenny Omega. Sorry, you got that name wrong. It's Kenny Olivier. Okay. If you follow Jim Cornette, again, that's yeah. another... Cornette reference. So, either way, Olivier, Kenny Omega against John Moxley. Steven, your pick. I have to go with Moxley, even though I think this lights out, non-sanctioned, is a waste of... As much as I'm not an Olivier fan, he's got some sort of talent. This lights out, hardcore, really with no build, like storyline arc where it's got it, that's the final battle. Makes no sense to me. Like, where do you go from here with the, these two? If this is, like, so this is your final arc of this story, because if not, are they going to do a light each other on fire match next? Like, I don't understand where they go from here. But I'm going to go with Moxley. Daniel? Uh, I'll go with my my first pick would be for the, the tag belts that I'm going Lucha Brothers. And then Moxley. And then Moxley. I'm going to go Moxley as well, uh -huh. simply because of the fact that a uh, huge superstar at AEW that they need to transition into that huge superstar and to beat Omega. And I just I don't think the feud's going to uh, end at this point, but I think it'll be like a slow burn maybe to the next match. Um, but uh, yeah, Mox is one of the faces that should be of the company, especially after his promo a couple weeks ago. Um, but anyways, yeah, Moxley for the win. I too am going Moxley. Uh once again, why does the top guy have to, and especially office guy, in the case of uh, Kenny Omega, need to pick up a victory? It builds up people when they already are established as the greatest in the world or the best wrestler in the world, which a lot of people consider Omega to be. If somebody beats him, it builds them up. WWE already sent Moxley away with a huge buildup. Let's carry that going forward, don't do a WCW thing like uh, they did with Bret Hart, where Bret got given to WCW on a silver platter, and WCW dropped the ball. AEW got John Moxley on a silver platter, don't drop the ball, and ruin his push just by giving him a loss to Omega. And with it, with it being lights out and not counting, it doesn't hurt Omega's win-loss record either, so that's another reason. question. Do you think this feud's going to continue? Where does it go? Because... Well, like, when, I, I, so when I say continue slow burn style, I means that you'll eventually see the two of these guys fighting for the championship. In a sanctioned match. Now, whoever wins it first, I don't know, but I, I, if I were to take an educated pick, I would say Moxley eventually takes the title, 
then all of a sudden you have Kenny Omega chasing it. And I see Kenny Omega being in AEW probably a year, year and a half before he finally gets that chance. So, Would you say probably their next match isn't at, shouldn't be at least eight to months to a year away? I could honestly, yes, see that. But you can see the, probably the rub happening between the two guys probably over that next year. And you got to understand, too, what, what Sean was saying earlier with regards to Pac. Here's a guy who's fucking bitter. Uh, I mean, his nickname's The Bastard. And he's going to basically butt his way into things no matter, you know, who's involved. So if he wants that championship, he's going to take that championship. So him and basically Moxley having a good match between the two of those guys, yeah. And then Omega will eventually come in. So how it plays out, I don't know. But I see, like I said, the continuance happening. And Omega eventually taking that title off of Moxley. Okay. So... We're in Mitchell, by the way. I don't know we how far away from... I think it's pretty close We're to We're about Mitchell. halfway. So I guess everybody's going mocks on that one. And the main event time, eh? Yeah. And that brings us to the world title, the AEW Championship on the line, as Chris Jericho taking on the American Nightmare, Cody. They got a thrift store beside a Chinese restaurant. That's convenient. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Thank you, Mitchell. <laughs> Anyways, All right, so beyond that randomness, uh, Daniel, who's uh, who's your pick for the main well, event? Just oh, to, well, just to sorry, throw in a little note. bit more uh, history with that, as we said, there was an amazing uh, build-up with the uh, two promos this week on AEW, and Cody said if he does not win the title, that he will no longer challenge for the AEW championship because you know people don't like the whole office thing and uh, them being always in control and being put into prominent spaces so he doesn't want to continue that sort of image I guess and this is, will be his one and only title shot if he fails so with that proviso what do we got alright now Daniel I'm going Jericho Jericho for the win. Okay, so Jericho straight up. I'm going Jericho, but I'm calling an MJF turn on Cody. It is the only way it makes sense. Or some sort of screwy finish where Cody's about to win and either MJF comes in and hits the ring and screws Cody with the ref distracted, or inner circle screws Cody but I'm thinking MJF screws Cody and we have a feud between MJF and Cody which could be money but I'm going Jericho in a screwy finish Chris yeah I agree with that MJF the newest member of the inner circle um, and I, I kind of almost immediately thought of Brandy maybe turning but the fact is she already kind of has she's going her own kind of way um, so this is one of those things where Cody continuously loses everybody around him. Um, there was a rift between him and Hangman Page a couple weeks ago on being the elite. Brandy now is doing her own thing. MJF does his own thing tonight. And then Cody is left by himself. And then maybe we see a transition character of Cody. But uh, I agree with you. Time being, MJF turns on uh, Cody. Jericho retains. And then we see what happens with the inner circle that's coming Wednesday night with uh, MJF being the newest member. Sean? I do like your theories. We discussed this before we went live on Facebook here. But while uh, discussing some of the things we have been discussing, 
did mention how the fact that Cody wants to do what sort of make up for what his daddy did in the past and do all these things that you know restore the history of WCW or the NWA before it all went to uh, crap and people started tuning out and one of those things is the dusty finish so what better way is to have the inner circle still continue to be dominant but some sort of brawl breaks out MJF might still get involved but I think still on behalf of Cody with the referee distracted then Cody picks up the victory and for whatever reason Wednesday night on Dynamite we have to take the title away from you Cody because it looks like MJF did something on your behalf to give you the title and he gets the title given back to uh, Chris Jericho and because of that wonky finish Cody gets away from that whole proviso of I will never challenge again at the same time that he's sort of painted himself into a corner with and this is where he gets to honor daddy with a dusty finish. Conrad Cushman says hey guys how, you, how are things? Doing well Conrad, how are things in Buffalo? So you're predicting a dusty finish in this one? Dusty finish, Cody box out with the title, but hands it back on Wednesday. Which I think would be the worst thing, like we were talking about the tag titles playing hot potato. I know Jericho's had it longer, but not really. The, the youngest AEW champion in history. Exactly, but like it's only been, what, six weeks, five weeks on television. I think it's too early to change the title. I would love to see Cody lose and have to go on a nine month to a year road to eventually get another title shot. Oh yeah, like it'll be a while because he'll try to honor what he said on uh, Dynamite this past week. But I but... have a year with MJF and Cody Rhodes or Cody, whatever. That is money. Yeah, but you got to build up that turn. It's only been how many weeks, you know? Slow burn. AEW needs to learn those words. Slow burn. They probably shouldn't have had a pay-per-view. This soon after launching. Yes. So yeah, yeah. they've kind of pigeonholed themselves into this. So... Kind of have to go to screw Cody out of it. I mean, they could do a dusty finish and... I think it makes them look oh, bad. It does look bad, but it's not surprising uh, that they would pull something like that. But you get off the air with an emotional Cody holding on to that title where his brother's right by his side and his best friend MJF all celebrating. And maybe Cody doesn't realize that MJF was what screwed his victory over until it's shown to him later on. Didn't Cody already do that and, with the NWA title at one point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, But it still then starts continuing to sow the seeds with MJF and Cody without the immediate trigger. Chair shot to the head tonight. That's what's going on. MJF for the win. I... Yeah, I think chair shot. More brass knucks. MJF or the scarf. The scarf loaded with the brass knucks. There we go. Well... That's, yeah. That scarf's I, magic. That fucking thing you can punch through glass with. I mean, I'm not 
I think that it was too early for them to do a pay-per-view. I don't clearly, I think at least two of us agree that it's too early for them to do a pay-per-view. They would have solid build. They, they need to build stories and build characters before trying to present something else. It was great to do the other one-offs when it was more of just a special attraction, but when you have to do weekly TV, they should be doing quarterly pay-per-views and have had enough time to build up to make a payoff worthwhile. I tell you this, they booked the show, what was it, January 1st or 2nd? The New Year's Day or New Year's New Year's Day. If they're going to do a New Year's Day show for uh, Dynamite, I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying. Maybe held, you know, had held off the pay-per-view till then. I mean, if you expect fans to show up on New Year's Day to come watch your show, give them that more, you know, of an insight, you know, expectation level of, hey, this is going to be a major pay-per-view, and maybe we'll do it every year. I mean, well, friggin' New Japan does it, and they sell out friggin' Tokyo Dome, and now they're doing it back-to-back -back nights. So, but even not as a pay-per-view, make that a major show to tune into on a holiday that people might not normally tune in, especially with also having probably Christmas Day off. Well, think so about it this come way. back with a patch. Do you guys remember back in the day they used to do Survivor Series on American Thanksgiving? Yep. Yes. And, and the hype for that before. was huge. And that's only when they had the four pay-per-views per year, so. Anyways, I, I think, I agree with you guys. I think pay-per-view-wise, they probably shouldn't have done it, uh, you know, November, whatever it is, ninth today, so. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Have a happy birthday, Chris Jericho. It is his 49th birthday. Yeah, still, youngest champion. <laughs> still the youngest champion in AEW history. And the oldest champion in AEW history. All at, Both accolades at the same time. Who else could do that but the GOAT, Chris Jericho. But and, uh, anyways, we're on our way to an indie show right now, missing AEW. So that's uh, Sean's fault right there. Hey, no, that's, that's, that's a good thing. We enjoy some <laughs> live action. Midwest than AEW. So we're going to Daniel, we're looking at uh, indie wrestling versus TV wrestling. What do you think? Uh, you excited to be going to the show? Yep. Yeah, there we go. Four guys in the car excited for this one. So Midwestern wrestling tonight at uh, seven o'clock. Doors open at six. Don't forget, guy who's stacked lineup. You got whether you're a wrestling fan or not. Obviously, you're a wrestling fan because you're watching this. But in people in the area, if you're maybe attending, they just like your hat. True. Maybe. But if you're in the area, you got tag team matches, you got triple threat matches, you got women's matches, you got comedy matches, which is probably going to be you got Tarek. MJF, you got Tarek, you got triple threat match. It's all loaded in just six matches. You got Jordan James hyped up on Red Bull, needing his Snickers. You never know what's going to happen. It's the debut show, Midwestern Wrestling. Tonight, Parkview Gardens. We'll be uh, checking in later on. Thanks for watching, everybody. Talk to you guys later. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. 
They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. Hey wrestling fans, join me each and every Friday on our Facebook or YouTube channel for the production line. I stop by the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory and catch the stars of tomorrow being built today here in London. Tyson's been in business for the last two years and we've already seen stars come out of the factory such as Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Alec Realm, Jordan James, the Wavemaker, Kyle Boone, the smartest man in wrestling, Michael Grayson, Cyrus Bowman, Rodney Matthews, and Tyson's own son, Ethan Dukes. Many more of the students of the future are seeing their way to the rings in arenas nearby you. You don't want to miss the production line where you can see the beginnings happening today. On the production line, each and every Friday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Yo, this is Tarek. You're listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. Okay, so I got this recording. We are back with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We are heading home from Listable, Ontario after a uh, great evening of action from Midwestern Wrestling. And once again, thank you to Doug and everybody else who was associated with uh, MWW and putting on a great show and having us as their guests and all the hospitality they provided for us to be able to do live Facebook uh, appearances. I hope people tuned in to those uh, check-ins. We even had Jordan James going crazy on uh, the after show. So basically guys, your thoughts on the show and we'll start running down also the matches. Reds are better than blondes, I tell you that much. Beer meaning is in the McLean's beer. As in the McLean's beer. So, yes, first and foremost, thanks to promoters. Name is Doug. Doug. Doug for the beers, and I'm sure Shiloh and Jordan James thank them as well. I had one of the red beers, uh, the pale ale. ale. Yeah, the pale ale at the show after the event was done, and then I had one of the blondes just at the uh, bar that we were just at. Uh, the red's definitely better than the uh, the blondes, but. Uh, Thanks, Doug, and thanks for the recommendation of the Country Bar. We went there, had some wings and some uh, gravy soup, but uh, it was uh, a good atmosphere. But um, it goes hand-in-hand with the, the show tonight. The show was absolutely amazing. Um, feels weird talking about the show and not having Jordan James jump in. But, um, yeah, again, it's like I said, uh, I'll be back for the second one for sure. Yeah, he uh, said we're definitely welcome back. He thanked us uh, numerous times for all the promotional work we did on our side of things to get the word out for uh, Midwest Wrestling, Midwestern Wrestling. See, it's going to be one of those things that you just tongue, tongue tie, but you're going to remember it. MWW, MWW. At Midwestern Wrestling. And uh, so, Steve, what was your thoughts on uh, today's show? Overall, very good. Uh, the promoter, Doug, was very welcoming um, the show overall I would say out of 10 would probably be a good solid 8 or 9 um, can't really think of anything big that 
stood out to me. The crowd got into it pretty quick for being a first show. Um, lots of children, which was good to see. Um, overall, I was very impressed with the show. Daniel, your thoughts on uh, what we saw today? Uh, for it being the first one, it was definitely really good. Uh, can't wait to see what they have next. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of what we normally watch anyways was uh, Smash, so that familiarity uh, really helped out. And uh, yeah, even the uh, three talents that we didn't know, they uh, definitely stood out and are rememberable. We're getting passed by a big truck towing a, a bobcat. bobcat. So that sound that you may have heard was that. Uh, so let's start off with uh, the show itself. What was our first match, Chris? Uh, the UK Muscle versus The Muscle. So yes, Ad Hutchinson taking on Ontario's own Muscle. And uh, thoughts on that match with uh, the Ontario Muscle pulling out the victory? It was a good match. It was weird not seeing Vital Lee out there with the connection between the two of them. But uh, UK Muscle, uh, Ad Hutchison, uh, definitely um, a good wrestler in shape. Uh, their styles didn't click kind of at first, but as the match went on, they, uh, they got the crowd behind them and stuff. Um, I mean, the muscle's entertaining to watch and still young, so a lot of room for him to grow. He got his Bronco Buster in. Yeah, he did get his Bronco Buster in. Uh, you know, and uh, whether face or heel, he's uh, he's one of the good guys to see in the ring because he knows how to play up the crowd, and he's getting better in the ring and stuff. So, definitely a good first match for MWW. And Hutchinson uh, definitely played the heel, insulting the crowd uh, from Listowel. So he had that heel heat with uh, calling the town smelly and everything. Daniel, your thoughts on Muscle versus Ad Hutchinson? Uh, very entertaining first match. Steven? Uh, definitely entertaining. Took the crowd a little bit to get into uh, the talent. Um, but once the crowd got into it, you could definitely see the guy's styles click at that point. Uh, muscle from the first time I seen him in the ring to now has by leaps and bounds. Um, it, again, it, yeah, like Chris said, it was very weird to see Muscle it without Violet Lee. Um, but overall, I was actually quite impressed with this match. I think it goes to also show with what you uh, pointed out is the fact that a good crowd can help a match become better. And that definitely... Uh, <coughs> was the case in this one because they were silent at first not knowing what to expect wrestling hasn't been in listable for a while so unless they're making the travels to see something major like a WWE show they're not really getting what local independent wrestling is like and being able to see something that close up and once they did get into it that helped Muscle and Ad get into their match too I would be interested to see Ad again at another MWW show. Um, it'll be interesting to see 
where it go, where they each go from here. Very true. And uh, second match was Violet Lee, who we just had mentioned was missing from the side of Muscle, taking on Divya. And so we got that actual pronunciation when Scott Hunter brought her out. And she has a Polynesian Fiji Island uh, gimmick for herself. And she didn't want Violet with her chain there. But at the same time, she ended up trying to use her own uh, shell necklace. Brad took it away from her. But while he was distracted with that, she ended up getting Violet's chain and hitting Violet with it and got the pin when Brad turned around. So physical attraction basically went 50-50 booking on that. Daniel, as a uh, fan of Violet Lee, what did you think of the match and what did you think of uh, your first uh, appearance with Divya? Uh, match is really good and with the first appearance of you said uh, uh, she definitely the two of them work really good together. And you got her autograph I yep. believe? Yep. So for another one to add to your collection which is pretty cool. Yeah. Running out of room. Yep. Steven, your thoughts on the women's match? I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't think their styles matched as well as I was hoping. Um, I just didn't believe Divya's the heel. Um, I thought the finish was an interesting way to finish the match. Um, I would prefer to see whoever with Divya or Violet to win clean, but um, it was an okay match. Chris? problem about the match itself is, and I don't know much about Divya, but I know Violet Lee has, what, less than two years of experience in the ring. Um, so it is tough sometimes when you don't have that experience in the ring. If Divya has that experience, uh, it definitely didn't show tonight. Um, two of them being in the ring, it, I mean, it, it was a good match, and it's always great to see Violet Lee. And it's weird because she's got that connection with the London fans, but she doesn't necessarily have that bond with the Listowel fans yet. But I mean, obviously, doing the intermissions and the autograph signings and stuff like that, that's how she builds that character. Uh, knowing that she's taking a break, uh, maybe her mentality wasn't into the match as much. Uh, but again, women's wrestling existed on the show tonight, which was great. Uh, finish was interesting. Um, Brad played it up as a referee, you know, as, as best he could. But uh, I mean, at the end of the night, it's, the, the fans are going to go way happy remembering that match for what it was, uh, you know, as far as the match goes, and not kind of picking it apart sometimes the, the way that we do as fans. Yeah, uh, Violet did have a little bit of a cheering section. There were some kids uh, chanting for her. I think they were the same kids that we missed actually pointing out, started cheering for the muscle, but calling him, uh, what was it, Mr. Gold Belt? Or? Yeah, something like, uh, <laughs> something to do with Gold Belt. I, I have it written down, but not in front of me, but it was, yeah, they were chanting Gold Belt Daddy or something like that. 
So yeah, the kids were starting to get into it, but Violet came up a little short in this match. Then, before intermission, we had the tag team titles from Smash Wrestling on the line with The Revolt, Jordan James and Alec Realm, challenging Halal Beefcake, Idris Abraham, and Joe Coleman for those titles. Really good match. There were so many moments where it looked like they actually were The Revolt, meaning they pronouns pal. Uh, it looks like they were going to actually take the titles away from Halal Beefcake, surprise the audience do a uh, switch without the TV uh, cameras running for Smash Wrestling, but in the end, Beefcake did prevail, they're still the tag team champions, but it looks like the revolt is on just that edge of being that next team to take those titles uh, from the hell out of Beefcake. So your thoughts on uh, the match overall, Steven? I thought that this match Probably the match of the night. Um, Halal Beefcake is, if not the, one of the most entertaining tag teams I've seen in the longest time. Now, I am going to put a prediction. I think the Revolt win the Smash Tag Team titles next year from Halal Beefcake. I think they've showed it tonight that they were like inches away from winning that title the tag titles um, I think Jordan James and Alec Realm will be the, the next Smash Tag Team Champions in 2020 interesting prediction Daniel your thoughts on the tag team title match uh, I enjoyed it um, I would have to say they probably would be my second favorite match of the night. And your first being? Uh, Tyson, uh, Swab, and Montverno. The triple threat. Awesome. Uh, so we'll talk about that as they, we start getting towards the end of the show. But, Chris, what's your thoughts on the tag team title match? I actually had one of those holy shit moments that this is actually going to happen where uh, Halal's going to lose the titles. And then when it didn't happen, I think Idris had, I, I think, made the save because Coleman was getting pinned. I was thinking, wait a second. The, and this this is kind of outside the wrestling ring, but the fact is they bring a show to Lissawell, Ontario for the very first time. Intermission hasn't happened yet. What's a better opportunity than have Halal Beefcake with those tag titles selling their merch and doing the inter, the interaction thing? I was thinking, because you've seen it tons of times in Smash Wrestling. So to me, it just... Seeing them do an interaction now without those tag titles wouldn't have made sense. So, like I said, I had one of those outside-the-ring moments where I was thinking they can't do the autograph signing going into intermission without those belts. So, as soon as that pinfall didn't happen, and like I said, he just had broken it up, I was like, okay, yeah, well, Halal's going to hang on to it. Whether or not it happens before the end of the year or whether or not it happens next year, definitely see uh, the Revolt winning the tag titles. Um, it's going to be exciting because of the fact you'll see how far they have come from the moment they stepped into the wrestling factory to becoming Smash Tag Champs. So whether or not it happens to say Thomas, if it doesn't happen then, I see exactly what Steven had said, probably early next year. Yeah, they have another opportunity at those titles in just two weeks in St. Thomas. It'll be a triple threat match adding Tarek and Brent Banks. So you got some uh, more high flying and hard hitting added to that match. I'm not sure 
if uh, Smash is going to be bringing their cameras. They said the last time they were in St. Thomas that they were going to bring the cameras, so it's up in the air. We'll have to find that out. Uh, it'd be cool if they did end up doing so and end up having that match with the titles on the line switching in St. Thomas if they bring the TV cameras with them. If not, well, I do see them in 2020. So that took us to your mission. You can check out all the uh, stuff that went on around us uh, during that on our Facebook page. And there was Halal Beefcake right beside us. They uh, kind of popped in and out of that uh, whole conversation Chris and I had. Second half of the event started with Karu, who probably only because the name Haku was taken, uh, he had to go with that name because it was pretty much a younger version of Haku taking it on Psycho Mike Rollins. Mike went around the ring, went backstage, came back out, did the whole uh, Mike Rollins thing, hyped up the crowd, who was already still on a high from the first half. He had some uh, interaction with Matt, the referee, trying to distinguish what, or translate what Carew was trying to say, if he was ready to wrestle or not. They were on the outside, pounding uh, Carew's face onto the uh, ring canvas well over 20 times. Fun match, as you would expect any time from a second Mike Rollins match, and Mike picked up the victory. Daniel, your thoughts on the Psycho Mike Rollins Carew match? Uh, I thought it was an okay match. Chris? Really short and simple right there. Um, it was a good match. Uh, again, you kind of want to see the connection that somebody like Psycho Mike is going to make with the crowd. And when he first came out, they're not particularly aware of what kind of entrance he has and the way he throws his arms up and stuff like that. Uh, but. I mean, he is one guy who knows how to work that crowd and get them invested in him and the match itself. So uh, Mike went over pretty much, uh, you know, with his finisher there. I'm not sure the name of it. But um, the interaction with the crowd, the interaction with the ref, and the interaction with... Uh, I see the guy more... Uh, Karu, is that his name? Karu. Karu more like a Congo Kong than, say, uh, Haku. But I can definitely see the similarity there. But... Um, would have rather seen Karu go over, but I mean, if this is going to be a long-term thing, seeing Midwestern wrestling take place, then sure, why not? You know, Michael uh, Psycho Mike is going to be one of those guys that uh, you know kids and, and fans are going to be excited to see. So, uh, definite promise with uh, the two guys in the match as far as longevity goes for the, like I said, MWW. Steven, your thoughts on uh, the Psycho Mike Karu match? It was okay. Um, I agree with Chris. I would have liked to see Karu go over. Um, I get why Mike went over. Um, it it did take a while for them to get Psycho Mike. Once the kids got it, they got it. Um, but it was just an. It was the perfect match just to come back from intermission. Start a second half, yeah. I uh, definitely see that. And once the crowd does start to get to know these uh, characters, they are going to start sticking with them and be just like any other organization where you have your regular guys that you 
look forward to seeing each and every time, whether they win or lose. So that took us to the first half of our main event, which had Kyle Boone with his lifeguard, Josh Pine by his side, taking on former Smash Wrestling champion Tarek, and he had local uh, star talent, I guess, I don't know, celebrity, and uh, Chris Kurtz by his side to try and neutralize the uh, interference potentially by Josh Pine. So in the end, a lot of hard hitting, some high flying. Pine tried to get involved, got uh, taken out of the equation by Kurtz, and Tarek picked up the victory. So your thoughts, Chris, on that match? Well, I tell you this, and you can go back probably about a year ago and find me talking about Kyle Boone and how much I was impressed by him. And now he's starting to put it all together. So he had, to me, that natural ability, that natural talent. And now that he's got this character development underway, and I mean, he's, uh, what the heck? Oh, he's looking the part. He's, uh, you know, definitely uh, getting there as far as his ability in the ring goes as well. And it doesn't hurt him being in the ring with a guy like Tarek. He took Tarek's best shots. Um, and he's still standing. But anyway, long story short, it was uh, it was a good match between Tarek, who I would call a veteran at this point, and Kyle Boone, who, uh, again, I think he's got a long career ahead of him. And, and this wave maker gimmick, if it turns out to be something else, at least he's tried to develop a character with regards to a persona. And he's got t-shirts, and he believes in this persona. and. You know, it's uh, part of the, uh, you know, part of, I guess, the, the breeding that Tyson Dukes is doing with these guys. So, I mean, you've seen it with Jordan James and Alec Realm as well, you know, so, and, uh, you know, Violet Lee. So, props for a good match. And again, Tarek, I mean, if the one thing fans are going to remember him by tonight is he was a stiff worker. And holy crap, like the guy gets high with his kicks. He bounces off those ropes or guy sitting on the top turnbuckle and he's able to hit him right in the face with his kick here's a guy with talent he's a guy who's also probably what two hours sleep because he just got back from Vegas as well so uh, definitely uh, the sky's the limit for like I said Kyle Boone and, and Tarek who's always going to be one of my favorites so uh, props for uh, Midwestern for putting this wrestling match on tonight Daniel your thoughts on the first half of the main event Boone and Tarek uh, I'll agree with Chris it was a good match Short and sweet. <laughs> Steven. Uh, I think this was probably the second best match of the night. Um, I remember seeing Kyle Boone's first match at the London Music Hall as a student. And sitting there watching him, you could just see the talent come out of all the students. Um, he's improved by leaps and bounds. I mean, he took probably 15 of Tarek's chops, and I'm not sure how he's still breathing, because we saw his chest after the show, and it was black and blue and all swollen, and I don't think that just looked painful. Um, I think Tarek in 2020, as much as this is going to suck to say, moves on to bigger and better things, probably down in Orlando, 
at the performance center because he has that talent. Yeah, it'd be a good loss. I mean, great loss uh, for the independent wrestling scene here in Ontario. But at the same time, he did have one of those tryouts during SummerSlam weekend for WWE, and he was even featured in the uh, video. So whether there's an NXT Canada or, uh, as you just said, going down to Orlando, there is a bright future for uh, Tarek. He was also down to Orlando for something he never once mentioned why he was down there, though. Well, it could have been uh, PC. You never know. I agree with that, though. It'd be, it'd be a good loss, I guess, as you call it. Bad for uh, the indie scene, but good for him to be able to advance to there. And, hey, we can always say we saw him win. More room for Kevin Bennett. <laughs> yes, but Kevin Bennett's on the uh, cusp of that. As we saw earlier this year, he went against Andrade. So it's not just like he's a jobber. He's got a uh, been looked at at least by WWE. And the bitches know his name. Yep. And so that takes us to our main event of the evening. Triple Threat, Von Vertigo, taking on two members of the Pillars, the endorsement Sebastian Suave, and the wrestling machine Tyson Dukes. As I said in the Facebook uh, posting, this match had the technical skills and hard hitting of Tyson Dukes mixed with the high flying and quick striking of Von Vertigo balanced out by the cheap shots and everything else in between of Sebastian Suave. So it was a well balanced match. Vertigo flying everywhere. In the end though, Tyson made his Pillars uh, partner, Sebastian Suave, tap out. Then he got on the microphone, thanked everybody for being there, thanked the promoters, thanked the sponsors, and expressed how he wants to be back there each and every time that Midwestern Wrestling puts on a show, regardless of where it is, whether it's Listable or any other area, like Wingham, he's there all he has to do is get that phone call. So, basically, he was the voice of the whole promotion at the end, and he definitely has that experience to be that voice, and he's a great poster uh, promoter for independent wrestling. Steven, your thoughts on the uh, Triple Threat match? I liked it, actually. Um wouldn't be in my top two matches of the night, but I liked it still. Um, I'd well, love to see Dukes go for the 10 pounds of gold for the NWA title. I think that would be an interesting match with, with Nick Aldis. Um, Sebastian Swab tonight again proved why he's got to be in my top five favorite wrestlers that I've seen this year that the endorsement gimmick kills me and I love it um, Von Vertigo keeps growing on me more and more this year that I've seen him um, he reminds me of Carter Mason um, from last year I didn't get the gimmick to start with but 
the more you see it, the more you get it. And I'm expecting big things from Von Vertigo in the new year, in 2020. If I remember right, he might be uh, also current Barry Wrestling Champion. So I believe so. Daniel, your thoughts on the uh, Triple Threat match? Uh, definitely my top match of the night. Match of the night? Hey Chris. Yeah, it was a it was a good match, um, but I mean, you basically got three veterans of the Ontario independent scene, and it's funny because we're at, I think we're at that bar, and all of a sudden I had seen, I was just on Facebook briefly, and it was a picture of Sebastian that came up on my phone of what he used to look like when he first started. I was like, holy crap, he's come a long way. Tyson obviously he's come a long way as well, and I mean for him to be on the mic at the end of the show uh, for a company's first, you know, uh, card was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a good good way to end this show, uh, especially with a guy like Tyson who's, you know, he's the godfather of Ontario Indy as far as I go. Um, so whether or not he ends up going to NWA, getting that exposure, and, you know, see you later Tyson for a good reason, um, so be it. But fact is a lot of kids out there are going to remember seeing Tyson Dukes they're going to hear the backstory eventually about Tyson Dukes training some of these guys on the show and we're talking about it and how someday down the road Jordan James could be training some of these kids you know someday so um, again you've got two of the the hardcores of the Ontario and scene that are gifted in a lot of different ways Sebastian and then Tyson and then you know Von Vertigo who I'm still getting to know um, obviously, Fighter Flight is a tremendous tag team, but uh, he's showing that he can mix it up as a singles wrestler as well. So, good main event, good finish. Um, promoter had come up to me right after the main event was done, uh, like literally seconds. He goes, "Good finish." I was like, "Hell yeah!" So, you know, props to them for ending the show right. And again, it's a good way to uh, have fans come back remembering that main event going into a second show whenever that does happen. Yeah, send them home happy is the best way of uh, doing it. Unlike some other promotions we've seen where the heel goes over and everybody's up in arms, or a wonky finish and people are not wanting to come back. They definitely want people to come back for the next show and made sure that, that was possible. However, you, you pointed out to both of you that the fact that Tyson is trying to get the uh, attention of Billy Corgan and everybody involved with the NWA to go after Nick Aldis. He is very old school, loves the catch as catch can uh, style of wrestling, the chain wrestling, and wants to yeah, highlight that on a throwback type show like NWA Power. Even if he goes there, I don't see that we would end up losing him from the scene because they do multiple tapings in their studio style and if you also see currently Colt Cabana is everywhere whether he's working for NWA and appearing on power he's doing uh, New Japan he's doing Ring of Honor the guys all over the place so if Colt Cabana can do it there's no nothing saying that Tyson Dukes can't do it either so Boom, boom. Exactly. But I'd like to see Tyson get that attention, get that shot at the 10 pounds of gold, and 
yeah, he's got the experience and deserves to at least have that uh, run in something major. So that uh, concludes everything for this event. Midwestern Wrestling, Listowel, Ontario, November 9th. It's going to go down in history. The winner of the main event was Tyson Dukes, the winner of the first match ever for their company, The Muscle. Interesting contrast from one end of the stick to the other, but it's down in the history books now. Look forward to uh, some of the videos on our Facebook page. I do have permission to uh, load them up. I did record all the matches so you can see what you missed. And the next time Midwestern Wrestling hits the uh, ring, be sure to get a ticket and support these guys. They're definitely worth the drive, where, a, wherever they are. So I get a question for everybody. So their second show, see any local independents uh, from Toronto down to come in for the first time for MWW, who do you guys want to see? What, Toronto down? Yeah. Uh, Brent Money Banks. I'm going to go a little higher than Toronto, but I'm going to the King City. I want to see the King of the North, Carter Mason. Good choice. Daniel, who do you want to see booked on the next show? I'm going to have to go with Sean Kinnett. So two for Brent Banks. And myself, I'm going to go female base. I'm going to say bring in Jody Threat. I think the fans will get a kick out of her. Some Jody Threat, yes. Uh, maybe even some Casey Spinelli. Oh, Spinelli, yeah. I don't think they can handle Spinelli. Spinelli would have to keep it PG. I don't, I don't know if that's possible. She'd have to be on her best uh, behavior. Two scoops. What, what's that she say? What to do? Yeah, two scoops. What to do? What to do? But anyways, yeah. So if you're listening to Midwestern, uh, mid, see, see, I can say it every now and then perfectly, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, mess it up. But MWW, if you're listening, there's some of the thoughts that uh, maybe for the next shows, but. Uh, you know, again, talent for this show was stacked, so props to you for that. So that's thanks for joining me for part one of episode number 80, where we took that road trip to Midwestern Wrestling in Listable and ran down everything that happened during that show before and after. Now stay tuned and check out episode 80, part two, when we discuss everything that happened at AEW Full Gear NWA Power, Impact Wrestling, and the week in WWE. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Yeah.
I can hardly breathe. 